Hello everyone. Welcome to our podcast, The Residency Match Winners, a collection of IMG stories. Today, I have the extreme privilege of having with me Dr. Durang Karain, who is currently a chief resident of Internal Medicine Department at the Cleveland Clinic. Uh he's a very close friend of mine and it's my extreme honor to have him here with me today. Alejandro completed his medical school from University of Los Andes in Colombia. Welcome Alejandro. Thank you so much for joining us. Agam, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I I want to congratulate you on this initiative and I'm happy to be here. Um thank you for having me. Thank you so much Ale. So basically we are going to hear from Alejandro regarding what does regarding the chief resident's perspective of how they review the application so uh alejandro i first wanted to basically ask you uh can you walk us through what factors do you consider when you review an application absolutely i can um i think that's you know something that we all wonder when we're on the other end of the application as applicants uh and it's something that that you know um can definitely help you when you're building your CV and you're building your ERS application um so I'll I'll have a few things to say about that the first thing is that we look and all programs look at your application holistically um we know how much work is put into these applications how much hours and years of work are put into them so we re- review them in detail and we look at all of the aspects of your application Now having said that every program has a different screening process and a different application review process so I'll talk about a, a little bit of what we do here but I think it applies to most uh programs in internal medicine I would say So in general in a general way of speaking I think the most important thing is being well rounded in can in, in in your application and having a consistent application and on one that is cohesive or that makes sense internally um and you know that sometimes can be hard to do as a medical student because we don't know where we're going some people might start wanting to do surgery or pediatrics and then switch to internal medicine or any of the other paths that that you can uh, go about in medicine um but as long as you have a clear explanation of why you are doing the things you're doing and you show your passion and your grit in that process i think that's going to help you look like a consistent and well-rounded applicant now to talk a little bit more about well-roundedness one of the things that we look is we want the most complete version of an applicant and there's a lot of features that or a lot of features that we would look into and that we evaluate and we try to take all of those into account um so it's not only the step scores that we look into and you know next year the step 1 score will fall out of hand in the application so it will only be pass or fail um so we're giving less and less importance to the step scores those can definitely help you uh but if you you know some people if you couldn't do as well in your step scores as as you wish to um it, that's definitely not you know going to be uh, a complete setback um so we try to take everything into account so academically speaking we take a look at the grades from your medical school from that i do have to say that a lot of the mspes or the medical student performance um evaluation documents are not the same from international schools as they are from schools in the us So that can be a little bit different when we're looking at applications from somebody who is an IMG. In that regard, I would say like the most helpful things are this class ranking and if that is present in your MSPE, um 
that is really important. It could be a very good factor if you're somebody who's in the top of the class. Um, the other big thing is your grades in the internal medicine clerkships are also important for us. Uh, we want to know how passionate you are about internal medicine and how well you did. And of course, other things will reflect that, like your letters of recommendation, but your academic standing is important. Now, having said that, the academic standing is not everything. And, and you know, a lot of great doctors, you know, were not top of their class. Um, and there's other ways that you can highlight how much you have to offer to a medicine program. One of the other things are your experiences. So some experiences we'll look into are your research experiences, um, your volunteer experiences, and your leadership experiences. Of course, you know, not all of us had the opportunity to do research early on. But to that regard, I would say that the one thing you want to make sure is that you don't have any gaps in your application. Because, of course, internal medicine and all of the subspecialties are very competitive. And you don't want your application to stand out among others because you are missing something, whether that is research or volunteer experiences or leadership experiences. So you want to try to make it as well-rounded as you can, and you want to make it strong in all of those flanks or in all of those fronts, if that makes sense. Yeah. So in that regard, I would say, you know, try to keep up with all of these experiences that we look into. And we usually, all of these features that I'm going to be talking about, uh, we look at them closely and we try to see, you know, how much um, of, of, of effort and, and of the passion of that applicant is put into those experiences. So research leadership experiences can be anything, you know, from coordinating an, an interest group, an internal medicine interest group, to coordinating research studies or setting up even, you know, some applicants have even started their own companies or foundations to help people. So those are things that are really remarkable. And we take those very seriously, for sure. Um, the other thing um, is the volunteer experiences, you know, we, at least in internal medicine, we value a lot how much you want to give back to the community. And so that tells us a lot. And somebody who's had a lot of these experiences, both in leadership and volunteering and research, usually tells about a certain maturity, a certain drive, um, and a certain will to do things and to help others. That is some of the features that we are looking for in applicants. So I think all of those are are, are, are really important. We talk about academics. We talked about experiences. Um and then the next thing I would I would like to say is your letters of recommendation are going to be huge. We look at those very closely. Um, and with with that in mind, I do have to say that because of the pandemic, there's been a limitation in obtaining U.S. clinical uh, experience for IMGs. And we all know that. And I think all residency programs know and recognize that. So you're, you won't be hindered in your application if you did not have any U.S clinical experience because we understand how challenging things have been in the last two years since the pandemic ensued. But um, if you do have the opportunity to do so, that's going to tell us a lot, especially if you can get a good letter of recommendation. I would always advise to get letters of recommendation from somebody who knows you very well, hopefully somebody whom you worked with for a longer time, um, and somebody who's you know willing for to vouch for you. Because a, a letter of recommendation, a really good letter of re recommendation can really make it or break it for an applicant. So be sure to select those people who will be writing those letters for you very carefully. If you don't have anybody from the U.S., we will also read the letters from, from people um, from your countries, wherever you're coming from. We're also going to read those. Uh, some, some programs, you know, ask for a, a letter from the dean of medicine, from the chair of medicine from their school. So that's always important. Um, try to, you know, keep up to those requirements from every, from every program that you're applying to because everyone has different criteria or different um, requirements when you apply to. 
So try to keep track of those, but know that those letters of recommendation are going to be read like a love letter, basically, and they can tell us a lot about who you are as a person. Now, that probably leads me to the last factor or big factor of an application, which is the personal statement. Uh, and this, I would say, is one of the most important parts of your application. You don't want to have a bad personal statement. Um, and I don't think there's, you know, there's not such a thing as a perfect personal statement. But I would say in my experience after reviewing hundreds of applications, that definitely the more personal ones are the ones that, you know, linger on in my memory and that really highlight an applicant. So make it personal. Tell us about your life story. Tell about your passions. Um, it is it is very important that you portray yourself as a person and who you are. If you have any, you know, incredible life stories, it's bring them up. Of course, you know, most of us don't have incredible life stories, but you can highlight those things that you think are your biggest strengths um, or your biggest moments of discovery in your professional career, in your professional pathway. And you can show those to the people who will be reviewing your application. If you have done any remarkable feats throughout your medical school, uh, you want to highlight them there. Or, you know, anything that has moved you in your personal life um, to do medicine, try to highlight there. And show us show us what's your true passion. Show us where you come from. Um, we, coming from international medical schools, have a lot of experiences that a lot of people in medical schools have not had the chance to have. Uh, whether it is, you know, experiencing uh, surgical rotations or trauma rotations or infectious disease rotations if we're if you're coming from a developing country like myself and you know that can be very remarkable and it could speak to your maturity as a doctor um, so I would say those are things to highlight let me know if you think I'm forgetting something Agam but no, I think those are the biggest features yeah in in the application that we'll review mm-hmm. we try to look at all of them and the the more positive points that you have in your favor in each of these characteristics, the more likely you get you are to get a interview invitation. Exactly. And thank you so much, Alejandro, for highlighting those. So uh, the other thing that I wanted to touch base with you was regarding the year of graduation. So can you tell us how does that factor into uh, while reviewing an application? Yes, absolutely. That's a great question, Agam. And, you know, this isn't a, a, a black or white subject. Um, there's a lot of nuances to it, but in general, I would say that we tend to, or programs tend to prefer, uh, an applicant who has graduated recently. But having said that, there's a lot of factors to that. If somebody has graduated several years ago because they've been doing, uh, an MPH or a master's in some sort of thing, then that's definitely going to give them more points. Um, if somebody has been working, you know, that can also be a positive attribute because it's going to give you clinical experience, autonomy. And it's going to show that you're somebody mature who can who can work clinically. Um, or if you've been doing research, then that's also going to add uh, points to your application. Mm-hmm. But the big, I think, I would say that the take-home message is uh, whatever you've done after graduation, because not of all of you know, not all of us are ready to apply as soon as we graduate. Whatever you've done, you want to highlight that, and you want to make sure that in your application, in your CV, your personal statement, you show how that has made you grow as a physician and as a person and how that has prepared you for your next step in your professional career, which will be residency. Um, so that's what I would have to say. You know, some people, we review applications for people who graduated 2012, so 10, 10, 10 years ago sometimes. And we still think those are really competitive applicants uh, because everyone brings something different to the table. Exactly. Um, and everyone is unique and special. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the other thing, uh, Alejandro, that I wanted to uh, talk about was regarding teaching experience. So if anyone has done uh, teaching experience, um, you know, how does that factor in? Yeah, absolutely. That's also a great question. And I think it's only going to add positive things uh, because, I mean, you've been there. We work together in the in the coronary mm-hmm. ICU. Yeah. Uh, everyone's a teacher. The fellow taught us. Uh, you taught me, I taught you, we're all teaching. Mm-hmm. Right now you're teaching your interns when you're in service. Yeah. Um, so it, most most of the internal medicine, internal medicine programs are very academic. And I would say probably every subspecialty because you're going to be dealing with trainees in several levels. Mm-hmm. So somebody who has teaching experience or who has a passion for that, if it's genuine, um, should show it in their application. And I think that's going to give a lot of positive attitudes. Um, team, now, I think in relationship uh, in relationship to that, teamwork is a big trait that that we want to see in somebody who's applying because uh, mm-hmm. we're working with people all day. So all of the experiences that you have that show that you're a good team player, that you work together, um, whether it is you know something outside of medicine or in medicine, is going to help you. For in my case, for example, I didn't do a lot of research when I was in medical school. Um, I didn't do a lot of leadership experiences, but I, I did a lot of. Um, of time as a as a volleyball player mm-hmm. in in my in my university's volleyball team, and I think that gave me a lot in my life and in terms of who I am right now by giving me team working um, a team working spirit and and leadership characteristics that I can apply to medicine every day. So um, those are things you can highlight. Exactly. And uh, not everyone has a clear cut path. You know, we're not all cookie cutter molds yeah but everyone has their own unique paths and i think the important part is showing how your passion shows throughout your career in medical school and what alejandro regarding um the other question that i had was regarding networking or um you know a strong recommendation so can you tell us briefly about how does that factor in while reviewing an application yes you're making all the right questions here agam I think that is one of the things that can really help you. Um, of course, going back to the pandemic, some of us might have, or some of you might have had challenges um, in getting experience or getting contact or doing some networking with physicians here in the U.S. Um, but if you have worked with somebody who's willing to vouch for you, it doesn't have to be somebody in the U.S., but if you have somebody who can you know, message that program director or call that program director and vouch for you, I think that can really help you because in our case, for example, we received close to 6,000 applications of which 3,000 are from IMGs. And mm-hmm. so you can you can imagine how hard it is to review all of those applications in detail. We do everything. We do the best that we can. But if somebody comes to us, somebody that we know and somebody who knows you and tells us, hey, listen, this is a great applicant that I think would be a very good fit for the program. Um, I think that's going to make us look at that application in a very different way. Exactly. Um, so I think that can really help you. It can help highlight your application. And it, it does say a lot if somebody who knows you and who has worked with you is willing to vouch for you. So don't be, f- don't be afraid. I would tell any applicant, don't be afraid to reach out to those uh, senior residents you work with or those interns you work with if you had any experience with, with working here during visiting electives. Or if it's a physician from outside who knows physicians here, you know, those things can help. I would definitely use them in exactly. your favor. Mm-hmm. Um, now, having said that, I think if you're a good applicant, it's going to show mm-hmm. and you don't have to rely on, on on phone calls or recommendations or emails. It's going to show in your application and we can clearly tell 
uh, when somebody has been dedicated and disciplined throughout their career. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't have it, it's not going to harm you. Um, but if you know, if you're willing or you have somebody who's helping you out, I think it can definitely help. For sure. Refer- and sorry, before we before we move on, now one thing I forgot to say is it, it helps a lot more when that recommendation comes in early in the application process. So I wouldn't wait for the last few weeks when you haven't heard about a program you're interested into um, to, to reach out to that person. I would tell them at the beginning because the earlier they come, uh, the more chances you have of having somebody look at the, your application with that recommendation in hand, if that makes sense. So, you know, we start reviewing applications sometimes the day after. Some programs will start the day after they are released in ERES. Um, so the sooner that recommendation comes, I would say the better. Don't wait till the last minute or don't wait till a month out when you haven't heard back from that program you're interested. If you have somebody who can reach out or, or you've worked with somebody in that program. Just let them know. Let them know that you're interested and that can definitely uh, give you a hand. Thank you so much, Alejandro, for sharing that. Um, the next question moving forward I wanted to ask was once uh, an applicant has received an interview from the program, how do you think can the candidates excel in an interview and what advice do you have for them? Yes. So I would say one of the more anxiety-provoking um, stages of this whole process is when you're waiting for, for the interviews, right? Um, and, you know, we've, we've been through it ourselves and, and it's, it can be nerve-wracking nerve when, when you're waiting to hear about those programs. Um, but once you start getting the interview invitations, it's going to be very rewarding and it's going to be very refreshing uh, to hear that programs are, are interested in you and that they're willing to, to consider you for a, a training position. Once you've done that, I think once you're in the interview, you're pretty much at the same level of all the other applicants. Um, and what's going to you know, really highlight your chances of matching in a program is going to be your interview. So it is really a very important part of the process. The, big, the biggest way uh, to prepare for it, I would say, is to practice. Um, practice, talk to your family members, talk to other people who you've known have gone through the residency process, and try to imagine yourself in a situation uh, that you'd be in an interview. You know, a lot of us are not speaking English on a day-to-day basis before applying to residency. So starting to sharpen up uh, and brushing off, uh, you know, those those English speaking um, and improvisation abilities is going to be important. Mm-hmm. Try to think of common interview questions and try to jot them down. What I did myself before interviewing is I would, you know, try to think of all the questions that they might ask you in the interview and try to outline a plan to answer that question. Yeah. In interviews, you don't want to extend yourself too much. You want to show that you have a mental process for everything that you're organized. Mm-hmm. So try to think of two or three big important highlights that you want to leave for every question they ask you. Yeah. Um, so preparation is key. Um, and if you have prepared or you have, uh, a, you know, maybe the, done a mock interview with a mentor or a, a friend of yours, then I think you're going to just increase your, your likelihood or your chances of having a, a successful interview day whenever you interview at that program that you like. Um, that is one thing. The other thing is always try to think why the interviewer is asking you a certain question. That's going to be very important because you want to think, what do they want to know? Why are they asking me this? Every question comes with a purpose. So try to think of your answer um, in a way that highlights you in the most positive ways and try to make it genuine and try to show how passionate you are about what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's going to show. I think that's that's the biggest caveat or the biggest 
um, the biggest, you know, take home point about interviewing would be that prepare and make sure that you are trying or you're sure about what you're trying to leave behind for every question. Uh, now, yeah, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And then the other point about the interviewing process, I would say, is you got to research the program you're interviewing mm -hmm. with very well. Now, that's probably means two big things. One is knowing how the program works, how the structure works, who are the residents in the program or, you know, where they come from. I do want to make a, a little hiatus there and say that if there are people from your medical school that have gone to residency at a certain program, I think that's going to increase your chances of being invited for an interview because it is a huge track record having someone who came from a certain international medical school and knowing that they did well and knowing that they are a quality resident, it's going to increase the chances of calling somebody from that medical school again. So knowing who the residents are or if you know somebody who has been to a certain program, that can really be helpful. And you can always reach out to that person and tell them, hey, you know, I'm interested in your residency program. I'd like to hear about your experience. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to, to be considered for an interview there. Sometimes they can even vouch for you. Um, so you have a track record of, of people from your school who have done residence in the U.S. That can be very helpful. So that's one thing about knowing the program. The other thing is researching that program really well mm -hmm. to make sure, you know, who the people are, who the people that are going to be interviewing you are um, and how the program works. It's really telling when you interview an applicant and they show that they are really interested in the program, that they have read what the program has to offer. If they ask questions that are relevant to what the program has to offer, that says a lot. It shows us that you're interested in our program and we take that very seriously as well. Um, now, I guess the last point to add to that is know your interviewers. I think an interview is just a 20-minute conversation. It's a very small space. It goes by very quickly where you want to leave the best impression of yourself and you want to have the make the you want to make the biggest connection to that person. You know, we all know the saying, nobody, you know, people will remember how you make them feel. So the emotional connection that you're able to make during that interview is going to be huge. Yeah. And that you can you can increase your chances of having that connection with somebody if you know who they are, where they came from, what are they interested in? Any, you know, common points that you guys have in common are going to be big. Um, and I like to, to, to take this opportunity to talk about the things outside of medicine, which are some of the things that come up frequently in, in, during interviews. When you list your hobbies in your in your ERAS application, know that people are going to be reading that and know that people yeah. want to know who you are outside of work and people are going to ask you about that. So make sure to highlight any things that you're passionate about, whether it's music, sports, reading, cooking, traveling, whatever it is you like. Some people might, you know, see that and, they might feel identified and they might ask you about that. And that might be a good link um, to talk to somebody about during an interview. So I think overall, that's a few of the basic principles to prepare an interview, research the program, research the people and prepare yourself, practice, practice, practice the interviewing process, and you'll get better. You'll get better because um, you're going to do a lot of interviews, hopefully. And, uh, and, and you'll see that you'll, you'll get a hang of it and you, and you'll start to get, um, you'll start to get better as you go. And uh, since like, you know, this year it's virtual interviews um, and like, is there anything specific that you would like to advise the applicants uh, with with virtual interviews? Yeah, absolutely. That has changed a lot. You know, ever since you and I did this process where we had to travel, um, it has a lot of advantages. For one, you know, we don't have to travel all around the United States, which is good, but the disadvantage of that is we don't get to see the programs directly. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also different. It's a different experience that you get from a program from a virtual interview day. Yeah. But there are some things you could do 
to make sure things go smoothly. And, you know, it starts with the basics. Make sure you had good Wi-Fi connection for that day. Make sure you have a good background. Make sure the lighting is okay. Try to get a good microphone. Investing a little bit in a light or a good camera or a microphone will make a will make it a much more uh, pleasant experience for the person who is interviewing you. Mm-hmm. So those things, you know, they're small, but they, they do help. Um, and try testing out, you know, your connection beforehand. Make sure everything's ready. Uh, set alarm clocks to be on time that day. Make sure your attire is okay. Um, check to people. I always, I always encourage people to, to, you know, ask their family members, do you think this background looks okay? The more opinions you get, uh, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, you, we like, I, this is might be my personal opinion, but I prefer, you know, more plain backgrounds, not backgrounds that are full of, of, of paintings or, or, or flowers or walls. The, the, the more simple they are, the better. Exactly. I think it's good to have something in there, like a small painting that you, that you like or something that, that looks nice. If it's something that, you know, might spring up uh, or might uh, bring something up during the conversation, like if it's some painting that you did or something, you can put it back there. But, you know, just just try to keep it relatively simple, I would say, in terms of the background. The biggest thing is making sure that they can hear you and they can see you well. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is um, be ready for emergencies because we've all had that experience when our Internet shuts down or, you know, the audio is cutting off or the Wi-Fi is crashing. So be ready. Have the cell phone numbers um, of the people that you might need to call. If you're long distance, make sure you have a way of calling them because a lot of the times if the virtual interview crashes, you're going to have to call either the program administrator or the interviewer itself um, to do that interview over the phone. It's happened a few times for us. So be ready for those things. And if they happen, don't panic. You know, we all understand the process and, and there's things that can be done. Um, sometimes, you know, if the phone crashes, you can always complete that interview later. Don't panic. You know, try to keep it cool and, and figure it out, how, figure out how to work things. For sure. Uh, moving forward, Alejandro, uh, thank you so much for this, um, you know, for the for the advice. Uh, moving forward, I wanted to ask after the interviews are done, um, what do you think and what's your um, take on post-interview communication and letter of sending letter of interest? Yes, that is a great question. And there's, you know, a lot of a lot is said about that. Um, now, I think, you know, I worried about this a lot when I was an applicant. I worried perhaps too much about it. I think, you know, it's it's not going to be the most important part for sure. Uh, definitely, you should respect the rules of the uh, National Residency Matching Program um, about post-interview communications. You should stick to that. And programs should do that themselves. Um, so we should all stick to these rules. And having said that, I think it, it it's not going to hurt you. If you send that program a thank you letter saying, hey, I was really appreciative of having met you. I really like the program. Um, I don't think that's going to hurt at all. It should never hurt an, an applicant. Some programs encourage it. Some programs discourage it. In our in our experience here at, at Cleveland Clinic, you know, we tell applicants, you don't have to send us. We are extremely grateful that you came here and, and, and that we met you today. You don't have to send us thank you notes. We yeah. all are appreciative of that. Uh, but if you want to do so, you know, we won't take that. Uh, as a as a negative as a negative point, mm-hmm. uh, we appreciate that as well, and we like to hear when when applicants are interested. If there's any questions that came up, or if there's somebody that you still like to meet uh, from the program to tell to talk to more about them, whether it's a, a potential mentor down the road or something, you can always ask. Hey, could I you know potentially talk to this person? Um, we are also trying to sell our program to you, so anything that that you want to know about the program, we're always happy um, to answer. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's the big thing. You know, it's never gonna it's never gonna hurt you. 
Um, but if you are maybe exceeding yourself and writing too much to that program, that may sometimes, you know, be seen as intrusive. So I wouldn't encourage somebody to write too frequently or too often. And if they don't reply, that's okay. You know, just leave it as is. Mm-hmm. You did your thing. You sent them their thank you note. Some programs might not reply, and that's okay. I wouldn't start writing and writing because sometimes that can come as off as a little bit exactly. um, intrusive, and that could hurt you. Yeah. No, for sure. And thank you so much, Alejandro, for all this advice. And it's been really insightful. And I'm sure it's going to be of super help. It's going to be super helpful to the applicants. I just wanted to summarize so far as to what we talked, uh, and then we'll move. Absolutely. Basically, um, you know, in summary, we can say that when the application is reviewed, it's reviewed in a holistic manner. It's not just the step scores. There are several other ways which you, which you can, which as an applicant um, can be done to improve the application. Step scores being one, in addition, trying to do clinical rotations in US, um, if not possible, given the pandemic, if even if you can do some virtual rotations, um, that's, that's, that's better than nothing. Uh, get trying to get letters of recommendations and there's a huge emphasis on how uh, how well you know your mentor and how well you can get the letter so trying to get a good letter of recommendation is definitely really important Uh, other than that doing some sort of research to build the application uh, is definitely helpful Um, further highlighting the medicals uh, the mspe i think that's one of the parts wherein if if it is in your hands and if possible if if it is possible to mention in that section regarding what your ranking is in the class um yeah the other factors things which the applicants can do is uh, strengthening their leadership experience um which is well highlighted in the work experience and the volunteer experience section of the uh, application similarly working on the teaching experience uh, and also more and also another important factor is the personal statement so i think it's yeah. a lot of lot of components which an individual can work on and I think this episode and, you know, further episodes, which we'll be talking to, it basically highlights that it's more so a holistic application rather than just as rather than an emphasis on a single thing. So um, thank you right. so much, Alejandro, for, um, you know, for giving so insightful tips. No. It's been really, really uh, helpful. Absolutely. And that's a great way to, to recap it, Agam. And, um, you know, I would have, I would add to that, that, Really, your application and your CV in ERAS and your personal statement are, are your literally your presentation letter to that program, and even the way you write it, the grammar, um, the organization of it, it's going to say a lot about you. So be mindful of every single detail. Um, put a lot of work into it. Review it a lot of times. Read it uh, from top to bottom many times. Make sure you know every period, every comma, where it belongs, because those things, you know. They do say a lot. It tells about your organization, your your thoughtfulness, um, your dedication, and and those are things that everyone's going to be looking into. Um, make sure that it's cohesive. I would say that's probably the most important yeah. thing. Make sure that your application tells a story and that that it looks well bound together mm-hmm. um, in all of these different characteristics or spheres that we've talked about, whether it's research, experiences, academics or letters of recommendation, make sure that your application seems like it's a whole, it's together as a whole, and that it tells a, a story and something that the interviewer can relate to. Sure, sure. 
Thank you so much, Alejandro. Uh, next question that I want to ask you is, um, you know, if you were to give an advice to the applicant version of Alejandro, um, what would that be? I, I That's a great question, Agam. I always love that question. Um, I would say, you know, there's a lot of things I would have done different. Um, and they have to do a lot with what I was just mentioning before. One of the things is I would have tried to strengthen my application in areas that I maybe was weaker. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was my research experiences. I had, you know, I think one publication only as a second author when I applied, and I have a couple. I had a couple of abstracts and, and poster presentations, but it really, it really wasn't a lot of research. And I think, you know, it's become so competitive that when I look at these applications today, I, I you know, I sometimes think. God, I wouldn't have matched if I had applied this year because people are more and more competitive every year. And uh, the highlight of that is just you don't want to stand out as somebody who lacks something from the rest of the pack. Exactly. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have, you know, tried to work a little bit more in my research. Of course, you know, there's hindrances to that. Some some people might not know exactly what they want to research in or they not might have the exposure to those things. But mm-hmm. if you can and you have the availability definitely do it. Now, having said that, I did, you know, I did get a chance to maybe do research in the U.S. before applying. Um, I I ended up turning down that opportunity because there were other things going on in my life and I wanted to be back home with family before coming to the U.S. But I do think that would have opened uh, many doors for me because the whole experience of doing research in the U.S. health system in an academic center, I think it's going to open a lot of doors because you're going to meet a lot of people and you got, you're going to get letters of recommendation and you're going to be able to present a lot of meetings in the U.S., which is probably going to open much more doors um, than doing research uh, elsewhere. So if you have that opportunity, it can re- be really good. Um, it can, you know, it can say a lot about you, especially if it comes in, in the form of, of letters of recommendation or, or, um, or even publications. That's one thing I would have done different. I, of course, you know, do not regret anything, and I, I was so happy, and I've been the happiest person here at, at our program. Um, so I think things work out well, but if I had to look back to myself, I, I would tell them that. I would tell myself that. The other thing would be to try and get more leadership experiences because, as I was mentioning, I you know I basically was playing volleyball, and in my free time, I was studying medicine. Um, and, you know, it could have I could have done a little bit more things. But I did reflect on that. And when I came here for residency, I said, you know, I should probably work on these things that I've never explored. Yeah. And I got involved in leadership and, and things like that, as, as you know, and we've worked together exactly. here at the program in many things. And that's that's how I ended up where I am. So, you know, things will if you love what you're doing and, and you're working hard for what you're doing, things will turn out right. Um, yeah. But there's always, you know, things that looking back, you think you could have done better. Those are some of the ones I would have done differently, uh, but it, it will change for every person. And uh, Alejandro, I just wanted to take this opportunity to basically thank you for being such an amazing mentor and you are an inspiration uh, for me and for so many. And you are a role model chief resident. You know, we learn from each other and and, uh, everyone you'll meet in the process uh, is going to leave something for you. And you have to learn from everybody as much as I have learned from you. Um, So that's, you know, that's something that comes with this whole process is you're going to meet a lot of talented people. Take what you get from everybody um i really 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 thank you so much alejandro 